Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. I'm ready to preach the word. Now, let me tell you what I love about being in Excelsior Springs. What I love, first of all, I love ES First. I feel like I'm home. But secondly, I met. How many of you guys want proof that God is a miracle-working God? How many of y'all want proof that God does miracles? Would you help me welcome my, my beautiful wife, Kelly Young, to the house today? Woo! Man, I want to tell you, you look at her and you look at me, and the first thing you think is, man, he must know how to pray. And I do. And I do. And so tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And I believe that God has given me a word for you tonight. Ephesians chapter 3. And there's this thought that's going through my mind. That you can go from overwhelmed to overflow. Overwhelmed to overflowing. Tonight God's put something in my heart. You you, you know, this, can we agree, this is a difficult season in America. This is a difficult season. I am so thankful, number one, for a church that's making a commitment. We're going to be open during the pandemic. How many of you are thankful for a church that's open? Amen. Amen. And then number two, it's almost unheard of that a church would have night services. But I'm going to tell you what, you came on the right night. Let me tell you a message that God's put in my heart. I I want you to hear this tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you will go through. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I want to tell you what I do know. It's in you. It's in you. Now, what I'm going to say tonight is I'm not calling God an it, but what I want you to know, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the power of God is in you. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the authority of God, it's in you. The moment that you call on the sweet name of Jesus, the victory of God is in you. And for the next few moments, I just want to tell you something tonight. It is in you. I guess the microphone's not working over here. Let me try over here. I said, it is in you. If you're as excited to hear me preach as I am to preach, something good is going to happen. Can I tell you what God has done? Every week in this year, we will minister the gospel through preaching or teaching. And for the first time to announce to you guys... It's been a year and a half. My wife worked for the state of Missouri for 20 years. A year and a half ago, she stepped down to work for me full time. Woo! And can I tell you, and then we're going to get started. Six years ago, I left a church of 1,500 as the executive pastor to start our ministry, and we were broke. We were so poor, we couldn't pay attention. Can I get an amen in the house? But God said, Go. And the very first church that ever booked me to preach a revival was this one right here. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here tonight. I do feel like I'm home. If you have your Bibles, look me to Ephesians chapter 3. I believe that if you're ready tonight, that this message can change your destiny. Here's what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 20 says. Say amen when you get there. Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. Here's what God's word says. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 20, it says, For this reason, I bow on my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Church, he wants you to be strengthened with his might through his spirit in the inner man 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded. Would you just say that with me tonight? Rooted and grounded. Okay, you're slow, but you're worth waiting on. Let's try it again. Rooted and grounded. Okay. We're going to hold off on that right now. Being rooted and grounded that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And finally, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to his power that's at work in us. Tonight, I just want you to hear this message. Don't be distracted. Let me give you some good news. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. You might not feel like it's in you. You might not believe it's in you. But if your faith is in Jesus, it's in you. Can we pray tonight? Father, I pray over every person, the sound of my voice, that you would release the dream, Father. I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that is here tonight, and I pray over every person here that they would have what you want them to have, that they would be what you want them to be, that they would go where you want them to go. I thank you that there is no weapon formed against us that can prosper. We just love you, and I just thank you for what you're going to do tonight, Holy Spirit. We cannot do this. I cannot do this without you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, look to your neighbor say, it's in you. I, I want to give you five truths tonight from God's word, because I think sometimes people forget how powerful they are. I think sometimes people forget how powerful Jesus is. I think sometimes people forget how powerful the Holy Spirit is. So let me give you five truths tonight. Everybody say five. five. Let's look at the number one. Look at what the Bible says in verse 14. It says, therefore, this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. Number one, can I tell you how to get supernatural power with God? Number one, you got to know your place. Woo. Look at verse 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. Number one, you got to know your place. Uh, I've learned one thing. A part-time Christian will never defeat a full-time devil. Woo! Woo! Good preaching, Pastor Barry. I know it is. I'm telling you right now, a part-time Christian will never defeat a full-time devil. He's working full-time, isn't he? He's working overtime, isn't he? I have never seen our nation more guided, more guarded, more divided. See, friends, tonight, if you want public power, you've got to have private prayer. You, you know why Pastor Larry Block walks in so much authority? It's not because of what he does publicly. It's because of what he does privately. You see, Pastor Larry Block, verse 14, it says, For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father. Can I tell you tonight? It's what he does privately that empowers him publicly. And if you want public power, you got to have private connection. You see, friends, today, you can't be led by your feelings. you got to be led by your faith. You cannot be led by your feelings. you got to be led by your faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, I believe tonight, I believe the Spirit of God would confirm this, that it's in you. But you got to know your place. You gotta know your place. You see, friends, God today, He wants to give you His power. There is no higher place than the feet of Jesus. 
Can I, can I give you the most misquoted verse in the Bible? This is the single most misquoted verse in that entire Bible. Here it is, James 4, 7. Let me misquote it. It is so good to see you, Ashley. Let, how many of y'all know it's hard to recognize people with masks on? For people like me, that's a good thing. But anyway, so here's what I want you to get. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, it's in you. But James 4, 7, here's how many people misquote it. Here's what it says misquoted, then I'll give it to you in context. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will, resist the devil and he will, but that's not the verse in context. James 4, 7 says, submit to the Lord, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. You know what that tells me? There is no power in God's kingdom without submission first. Look at verse 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee. Can I tell you what a pastor was doing? There was a pastor in a small town, and, he, and God was using him to build a mighty church. And, and, and they, had this little, they had this little storefront property, and they were asking God for their own building. And one day there was a property in town, and the building came open. And the senior pastor, he went down to the bank vice president. He knocked on his door. He said, I heard you have a building for sale. Could I buy it? And they said, Pastor, you, you can buy it. It's for sale for 200000 And he said, well, our church only has 50000 We're going to go pray about it. So he came back to his church and said, church, we don't have 200000 They want All we have is 50000 but let's pray. So a couple months go by. And, and just like we saw tonight, the power of God was moving in the church. The church was alive and not dead. And, and how many of you ever felt a check in your spirit? The pastor, he, he felt he's got to go back to the bank vice president. So he knocks on the door. Uh, Sir, how are you doing? They small talk. And then the pastor says, Mr. Bank vice president, y'all got that building for stale? He goes, you're not going to believe it, pastor. We can't sell it. We've lowered the price to 180000 and the pastor said, well, we've only got 50000 but we're going to pray about it. So he went back to his church. We don't have enough money. So they just kept praying and worshiping the Lord, bringing people to Christ. And then they felt another check in their spirit. Have you ever felt a check in your spirit and you didn't want to look foolish? And so he goes back. He knocks on the door. And they do some more small talk. And he says, Mr. Bank Vice President, do you guys have that building for sale? He goes, I can't believe it. We can't sell it. We've lowered it to 160000 And the pastor said, well, we've only got 50000 but we're going to pray about it. So the pastor goes back, and they have a few more months of praise and worship and bringing people to Christ. And he felt one more check in his spirit. Have you ever been there? It, 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 everybody thinks you're stupid for doing what God's told you to do. Can I, can I get an Amen. So he, got, he obeys God. He knocks on the bank vice president's door. They small talk, and he goes, I hate to ask you this a third time. Do you still have the building for sale? And the bank vice president says, Pastor, we can't sell it. We've lowered it to 150000 And the pastor goes, well, we've only got $50,000. we are going to pray. Thank you. And all of a sudden, he's about to leave, and the bank president jumps out of his office. He looks at the vice president. He said, sell it to him for $50,000, because if the church keeps praying, we're going to have to give it to him for free. <laughs> Hallelujah! Can I tell you something today? It's in you, but you got to know your place. Let me give you number two. Let me, I want you to see what the Bible says in verse 16. Look what verse 16 says. It says, the riches of his glory. It says in verse 16, it's the riches of his glory. Number two, you got to know that God has no shortage of power. You know how I define that word rich in abundance. Let's look at that verse with that word in there. Verse 16, the abundance 
of his glory. Friends, today you got to know God has no shortage of power. Can I give you some good news? If God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Well, that's old school. That's old school right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, if God brings you to it, he's going to bring you through it. You have not failed until you stop quitting. You know, the American church is filled with quitters. Amen by myself. The American church, can I tell you something? The devil is not intimidated by starters. The devil is intimidated by finishers. When Larry Block came here almost 30 years ago, the church wasn't doing what it's doing today, but he didn't come here to start. Larry Block came here to finish. And my Bible says, he who began a good work in you, he's going to be faithful to complete it. You can be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you cannot be both. You know, Luke 137 says, nothing is impossible with God. It's in you. I said, nothing's impossible with God. It is in you. Could I encourage you tonight, ES, first, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what God can do. Verse 16 says, now the riches of his glory, the abundance of his glory. There is one thing God has burned in my heart over and over and over. And here it is. If you want the power of Jesus, you've got to have the attitude of Jesus. So here's what I want you to get. you got to know there's no shortage of God's power. Can I tell you what Genesis 1-1 says? It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if he created the heavens and the earth, he can create an answer for whatever you're facing tonight. If he created the heavens and the earth, he can heal your body tonight. If he created the heavens and the earth, you can become debt-free in Jesus' name. There is no shortage of God's power. Can I give you number three? It's in you tonight. I said it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Let me give you number three. Look at what the Bible says in verse 17. That Christ, he may dwell in your church. No. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your politics. No. Look at verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Number three, you've got to know where your power comes from. Woo! You've got to know where your power comes from. My power does not come from the name of Barry Young. It comes from the name of Jesus. Friends, today, we've got to know where the power comes from. And the power comes from the name that's above every name. Look at that verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Your focus will determine your future. I'm going to tell you right now, friend, your focus will determine your future. If you don't have victory in your mind, you'll never have victory in your life. Amen by myself. If you don't have victory in your mind, you'll never have victory in your life. You know what Henry Ford said? If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yes, first. You can't change your life until you change your thinking. See, verse 17 says, look at it one more time. Can I tell you why I preach the word of God? Because my words will fail. Never listen to a man or woman that don't preach the word of God. Can I get an amen? There's a whole bunch of people preaching their opinions or they're preaching their politics. I'm here to preach the word of God. And I want you to look at what verse 17 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. God can make your mess into a masterpiece. Genesis 50, 20, what the devil intended for harm, God turns around and uses for good. I want to tell you, God is more concerned with where you're going than with where you've been. I love what Philippians 3, 13 says, we forget what's behind. How many of you know you can get trapped in your past? 
And a lot of people don't know there's two ways you can get trapped in your past. First of all, your bad past. If you live in your history, you'll never walk in your destiny. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. If you're living in your history, you're, gonna never, you're gonna, never gonna walk in your destiny. But you know you can be trapped, you can be trapped in your good past. I've gone to some churches, they're talking about what God did 15 years ago. I've gone to some ministries, they're talking about miracles God did 20 years ago. I want to talk about miracles that God is doing today in Jesus' name. I want to talk about signs and wonders today in Jesus' name. And look at verse 17. That Christ, he may dwell in your hearts. I want to say this. I love Pastor Brandon, and I'm going to confess my sin to you. How many of you guys know confession is good for the soul? Can I confess my sin in this place that I call home? Okay, so I love Kelly. I love her more than any person on this planet. And this last week, Sandra, we got into a big fight. And I'm, being, I'm telling a true story. Kelly and I got into a big fight. And guys, you've heard this first part, but you've not heard the second part. In a marriage, the man always has to have the last word. It don't matter who's right. It don't matter who's wrong. In a marriage, the man always has to have the last word. And the last word is yes, ma'am. Now, you've heard that. Can I tell you right now, I love Kelly. I will live where she wants to live. Ashley, I will eat what she wants me to eat. I, I will drive what she wants me to drive. But we got into an argument this week, and Jennifer, I told Kelly Young, I will not wear skinny jeans. She goes, well, Barry, you've lost a bunch of weight. I am not wearing skinny jeans. How many of you know there are certain things you cannot unsee? You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared that somebody's going to wake up in the middle of the night with a nightmare because they saw Barry Young in skinny jeans. Can, can we go a step further? I want everybody to put your pens down. I know we got a lot of people taking notes, but I want to take a poll. I want you to be real. I want you to be honest. How many of you have seen somebody wear skinny jeans and they had no business wearing skinny jeans? Do you see what I'm talking about? Look around. That's why I'm not wearing them. How many of you know somebody that they tell God, I love you, but. Oh, I love you, Lord, but I'm not going to tithe. <laughs> I love you, Lord, but I'm not going to volunteer in the ministry at the church. I love you, Lord, but I'm not going to share the goodness of God with my coworker. Friends, can I tell you something? Power begins with submission. And verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Could I just encourage you today, don't quit because it's in you. <laughs> Don't quit on your dream. It's in you. Don't quit on your vision. It's in you. Don't quit on your marriage. It's in you. Don't quit on your kids. It is in you. It's in you. Let me give you number four. I want you to look at what the Bible says in verse 17. Look at verse 17. It says, being rooted and grounded. Repeat after me. Being rooted. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I just said being rooted here. Let me try it in English. Being rooted and grounded. Being rooted and grounded. Look at what it says here. Being rooted and grounded in love. Number four, would you know that God wants you to get off the roller coaster of emotions? How I feel doesn't determine how I live. What I know determines how I live. What I feel does not determine how I live. What I know determines how I live. What you yield to, you will be full of. Amen by myself. What you yield to, you will be full of. There we go. 
what you yield to, you will be full of. Look at verse 17. That you being rooted and grounded. Friends, God wants us rooted and grounded. Jesus wants us rooted and grounded. The Holy Ghost wants us rooted and grounded. How many of y'all know some Christians that are not rooted and grounded? Don't elbow the person next to you. You see, friends, my heartbeat is this. You will never get victory over what you tolerate. You will never have victory over what you tolerate. You know, sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray, and God doesn't answer the prayer. Now, I don't know about y'all, I'm not putting millennials down, but how many of you have seen a millennial parent that when their kid misbehaves, they put them in time? Their kid, I'm not putting millennials down, I love millennials. They put them in time. Now, I don't know about y'all, my dad was a World War II veteran. My dad was a Korean War veteran. He was a Marine in two major wars. My dad did not practice time. My dad had a little discipline technique called knockout. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He, he never used timeout. He, he, was, he was a big fan of knockout. Can I tell you today, God disciplines those he loves. He loves. And you'll never have victory over what you tolerate. I want to go a step further here. Could I encourage you tonight, don't become what hurts you. How many of you know somebody that's raised in a negative home and then they become negative? They're raised in a sexually abusive home, they become sexually abusive. They raise, they're raised up in, a, in a, a church fakie home and they become church fakie. Don't become what hurts you. If you don't let God heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. If you don't let God heal what hurts you, you're going to bleed on people that didn't cut you. I want to say one more thing. You know how God begins to heal us is when we go from a private faith to a public faith. You know, a private faith is a powerless faith. Jesus did not die so we could have a private faith and hole up in our backyards. Jesus died because a public faith is a powerful faith. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Friends, a private faith is a powerless faith. Look at verse 17. Being rooted and established, or rooted and grounded. Can I tell you what God did? Now, this is crazy. I can't believe this. I've been a full-time evangelist now for almost six years, and I preach at everything. I've preached men's conferences. I've preached women's conferences, me and 400 women. Can you imagine that? that that's what I, I preach revivals. I preach Assembly of God churches, black churches, white churches, Baptist churches. I was telling Pastor Brandon, I can't believe this, but I get a lot of teenage invitations. And I was preaching to about 400 teenagers, and I met two girls. Could we show this first picture here? What happened is these two girls came to an event I was preaching at. The one on the left is Chase Snicker, beautiful 16, 17-year-old girl. The one on the right, Sophia Bolin. And, and, and they came to where I was preaching. They loved God. They were saved. But they had a private faith. And the power of God moved among those 400 teenagers. And when those girls left, they went from a private faith, man, they went to a public faith. And can I tell you what happened this summer? Whether you know this or not, this summer was devastating on teenagers all over America. It was devastating. Most churches did not have youth group during the summer. Most, most youth camps did not have youth camp during the summer. I don't know about y'all, but I grew up going to church at youth group. Youth camp didn't have it. No band camp. 
no sports camp. This summer, all over America, millions and millions, and I see parents shaking their heads right now. They know because it was just a horrible summer. These two girls, the power of the Holy Ghost got a hold of them. Can I tell you what they did, Miss Sandra? They contacted me, 46-year-old bald evangelist. They said, Pastor Barry, our churches aren't meeting. We need fellowship. Our church youth groups, they're not meeting. We need the word. And I'm not putting pastors down. That was the law of the land all over the place. But they were in Kansas City, and Quentin Lucas said, you can have outdoor gatherings. The power of the Holy Spirit spoke to these girls. They called up their pastor. They called me up, and they said, Pastor Barry, we don't have any church sponsoring this. We don't have any pastors sponsoring this. We want to have a night of worship in in our backyard. I said, are you going to have any food? Nope. Any lights? Nope. Any giveaways? No. We're just going to have a a, a night of worship for teenagers in our backyard. No church, no promotion, but would you come and preach? How many of you know you cannot tell those two teenage girls no? I was supposed to go to Houston. I canceled it so I could stay in Kansas City. So I showed up on Friday night to Sophia Boland's parents' backyard. Now, Pastor Brandon, I thought we were going to have 10 or 15 kids. I got there, and this entire back porch, Jennifer, had more instruments than even this platform. And I showed up in the backyard. There were 100 teenagers in that backyard, and they began to start worshiping God, and they began to get bold, and, and, and they weren't saying the name Trump, and they weren't saying the name Biden, and they weren't saying Republican. They weren't saying Democrat. They were saying, Jesus! African-American kids, Asian kids, Caucasian, Hispanic kids. And they began to cry out on the name of Jesus. Now, this was right in the middle of the riots in Kansas City. We were in a fluent neighborhood. Parents were running into the backyard. They thought it was a violent protest. On a Friday night, why are there 100 teenagers in this neighborhood? And they're running back there. And parents that have never even experienced the Holy Spirit, they get back and there's a hundred teenagers with their hands raised and tears rolling down their cheeks. All races, all nationalities, and all of a sudden the parents' jaw, it just began to drop. No games, no food, no lights, no pastors, no church. Just two girls that went from a private to a public faith. And right in the middle of worship, Sophia Boland said, Pastor Barry's going to come and preach. And I got up there and preached as hard as I could preach. And right in the middle of the backyard, 14 teenagers and parents got born again in Jesus' name. Would you like to see a picture of it? Let's throw the next picture up. They did more for this city than a thousand politicians. There is so much power when we go from private to public in Jesus' name. Look at verse, look at verse 17. That you being rooted and grounded. Pastor Barry, I can't believe you went out there and preached to 100 teenagers. How many of y'all know if you want to stay young, run with the young people? How many of you know if you want to die young, try to keep up with them? (laughs) Friends, can I tell you? Zechariah 4, 6 says that it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's in you. 
if God can to use two teenage girls, he can use you. And if God can use their backyard, he can use your backyard. But we got to get off the roller coaster of emotions. Let me give you the last one, number five. Everybody say five. Oh, here we go. Let's look at the last one tonight. Look at what the Bible says in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably abundantly more than we could ask. Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask. How many of y'all know we can ask a lot? But God's word says that now to him who is able to do immeasurably and abundantly more than we can ask. Number five, I want you to know God wants to do more than you can comprehend. He wants to do more in your finances than you can comprehend. He wants to do more in your physical body than you can comprehend. He wants to do more in your kids' lives than, he can comp- than you can comprehend. More in your marriage. Look at that verse 20. says, says, now to him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask. One thing that that teaches me, if God can get your attention, he can exceed your expectation. Would you get your mind off what God's not doing and put your mind on what God is doing? How many of y'all know the first phrase you know, the second phrase you might not know? In the state of Missouri, we know this well. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him. Y'all know the second part of that? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him. Can I tell you the second part? If the horse is dead, dismount. How many of you know there's some people that are living off of yesterday? They're living off what God did 10 years ago. God's wanting to do something today. Now to him who's immeasurably able to do more than we could ask or dream, if God can get your attention, he can exceed your expectation. Now, can I confess one more sin, Pastor Brandon? I got to do one more. I got to get my slate clean while I'm at home. Can I get an amen? Got to get my slate clean here. There's one group of people I struggle with. Can I, can I keep it real, church? There's one group of people I struggle with. I struggle with skinny people. Can I tell you who I really struggle with? I struggle with skinny people that eat whatever they want and stay skinny. Those people need to get saved in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Some of you feel me in this house. How many of you have slow metabolisms? I feel like my metabolism's in a coma. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want you to hear this today, that God can do more than we dream or imagine. I have lost a little weight. You know the biggest part of me losing weight was not counting calories, getting a different mindset. If you don't have victory in your mind, you'll never have victory in your life. You cannot ask small and receive big. Amen by myself. Help me out, Sandra. You cannot ask small and receive big. If you ask small, you will receive. If you ask little, you will receive. But you know what? If you ask large, you will receive. Could I ask you to get your ask up? Woo! Get your ask up. Hallelujah. Now, don't, 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 don't quote me on that, but get your ask up. I want everybody to repeat after me. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. One more time. I love you, Jesus. One more time. I love you, Barry. No, we lost some people. No matter what you say, I want to say something that's hard but true. The majority of problems in your life you caused. The majority of problems in my life I caused. Friends, today, God will never bless blaming, but he will bless owning. And the moment you say, God, I screwed this up, forgive me, you turn to the Lord, I'm going to tell you, he's going to bless that. He's going to bless that. He will bless that. Friend, Friend, can I tell you today, 
You cannot complain your way to a breakthrough, but you can praise your way to a breakthrough. You cannot complain your way to a breakthrough, but you can praise your way to a breakthrough. Can I tell I want to go a step further. The more you complain, the weaker you become. And the more thankful you are, the stronger you become. Ephesians 3.20, that now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask, dream, or imagine, it's in you, it's in you, it's in you. But you got to know that God wants to exceed your expectation. I, I want to show you a picture of a man that has a great influence on my life that I've never met. We could do that last picture. This is Pastor John Harper. Most people don't know who this is. This guy... True story, Pastor Josh. He pastored the largest church in Scotland in the early 1900s. God was using this man. He got his expectation up. In the 1900s, there was no amplification. In the 1800s, there were no electronic musical instruments. But God said, you can have a church that changes a nation. Thousands began to come to his church. No amplification, but he believed God and not his flesh. Ooh, amen by myself. He trusted God and not his flesh. And so what happened is, right in the middle of this massive uh, church growth, his wife died. Can we agree there's no place in this Bible where it says life's going to be fair? Can can I step a step further? Opposition is confirmation you're doing the right thing. Opposition is confirmation you're doing the right thing. I, I, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I've got to say this. If you're not getting opposed, you're probably out of God's will. You know, when I wasn't saved, when I had a mullet, can we get an amen? I, w- I was an 80s hairband kid. Anybody know who the 80s hairband was with the one-armed drummer? Just yell it out loud. Def Leppard, my brother from another mother. That's what I'm talking about. We're here. His, her t- his hair turned gray, mine turned loose. Okay, so let's go back here. So what happens is, I gotta get back to where I was thinking. <laughs> so what happens is, Pastor Harper's has a choice. His wife has died. He can give in to pain or can give in to praise. He can give in to pain or can give in to praise. God does not promise your life will be perfect once you get saved. He made a decision. He was going to give into praise, and he was worshiping God, leading a mega church. He was a single father, and you need to remember a single father because that's a hinge pin of this story. So what happens is God is just blowing this church up in the early 1900s, and then the largest church in America, they hear about what God's doing in Scotland, and they said, hey, Pastor John, would you come over and preach? And the largest church in America at that time was in Chicago, Illinois. It was called Moody Bible Church. And they said, Pastor John, it's the early 1900s. Would you come over and preach in America? In the early 1900s, he couldn't fly here, so how was he going to get here? Boat. So he and his daughter, he's got a mega church. He turns his church over to his associate pastors, and he and his daughter get on a boat, and they're going to come to America and preach for a month at America's largest church, Mooney Bible Church in Chicago, Illinois. As they're crossing the Atlantic... In the middle of the night, Pastor Harper's boat hit an iceberg. He was on the Titanic. And what happened is, if you remember your history, the Titanic was the unsinkable ship, and they did not have enough life, didn't have enough lifeboats. So the only people allowed on the lifeboats were women and what? That's it. 
true story. Hundreds of men and women are shrieking on the top of this boat. It's completely dark. And they allowed Pastor John Harper onto the lifeboat because he was a single what? Father. If they didn't allow him on, his daughter would be an orphan. So Pastor John Harper gets on this lifeboat with all these women and children. This is a true story. They're about to lower him down. And as he looks on the boat, he sees hundreds of men and women shrieking out in fear and terror. And he gets a check in his spirit. He goes over to his daughter. He puts his arms around her. He kisses her and he says, I love you. Serve Jesus, and I will see you again. He's the only man we have recorded that stepped off of a lifeboat back onto the Titanic. And he starts running to people on the top deck. Turn to Jesus. He can save you today. And he starts running to people. Turn to Jesus, and he can save you today. And he's literally leading people to the Lord seconds before they die. The boat starts to go into the water. He puts his life vest on, and he's swimming to people. Turn to Jesus. He can save you today. Turn to Jesus. He can save you today. And he's leading people in the Lord, to the Lord as he's in water that humans shouldn't be in. He goes to one man. Turn to Jesus, and he can save you today. And the man looks at him and says, Sir. The man looks at him and says, Sir, I don't need your Jesus. I need your life preserver. And Reverend John Harper takes off his life preserver and he looks at this man in the water and he says, as Jesus freely gave his life for you, I freely give you my life preserver. Turn to Jesus and he can save you today. And he starts swimming to people. Turn to Jesus. And as he's leading people to the Lord, he himself dies and drowns in the water. The reason we know this story is because after the Titanic, they had survivor groups meet. They didn't know it was PTSD, but they had survivor groups meet. And one day, the man he gave the life vest to came to that survivor group and said, there was a pastor named John Harper that saved my life, and because of him, I've dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. Now, now you might be saying, you might be saying, Barry, why are you telling me that story? Because here's why. We need to have that passion. We need to have that boldness. We need to have that excitement. We've got to have that compelling nature. And you might say, well, Barry, it's different. The ship was going down. Oh, really? I have never seen America in worse shape than it is today. I have never seen more disunity, more hatred more division. But can I give you good news today? If you'll have that boldness, Romans 5.20 says that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. I want you to know tonight, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Do you know why God gave you breath today? God did not give you breath today to make an income. God gave you breath today to make an impact. Oh, there's nothing wrong. I pray in Jesus' name you make a big income. But here's what I want you to get. You can't let your revolve around, you cannot let your life revolve around a paycheck. Your life has to revolve around a purpose. Only one life it will be soon passed, and only what's done for Jesus will last. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. As we close here tonight, I just want to let you know that God has supernatural plans for you. 
I just want to let you know that God has a supernatural purpose. He's got a supernatural plan. He's got a supernatural answer, and it's in you, in Jesus' name. I want to close with this story, and then we're going to pray. So I love to walk. People ask me all the time, well, what are you doing to lose weight? I'm a big walker. I'm a big walker. And so what happened is I love walking, Pastor Josh. I love it. And so what happens is I was reading this story or came across this story. There was a young teenage boy that was walking up this hill in the middle of nowhere. And he was walking up this hill in the middle of nowhere. And as he goes around the turn, he looks. And as he goes around the turn, his his face becomes white. He sees a rattlesnake in the path, and he stops. He gets out his cell phone to call for help but he's in the middle of nowhere, the cell phone service will not pick up. And so what happens is he gets an idea. There's a rock on the ground. And what he decides is he sees that rock and his his mind, the only way I can live, I can't run from the snake, I can't call for help. In his mind, he's like, okay, I'm going to pick up the rock and I'm going to strike the snake. How many of you know teenagers don't always have the best ideas? So he builds up his courage. He builds up his courage. He grabs the rock. He's about to strike the snake. And all of a sudden he notices the snake is dead. Do you know what happened? A hiker came before him and killed the snake. And you might be saying, well, why are you telling me that story, Pastor Barry? Oh, I'm telling you that story because there's good news. Jesus Christ came before you and me, and he killed the snake. The snake is dead. Death, hell, and the grave. It's been defeated. It's in you. 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 The snake's already been defeated. And the snake was not defeated by Larry Block, temporarily, or Barry Young, temporarily. The snake was defeated by Jesus himself for all eternity. Whether you know it or not, it's in you. I want to close with this. I want to close with this tonight. I want to speak to two people as we go to prayer. Number one, I want to talk about born-again Christians. If you're here tonight and you're born again, you're saved. If you died, you go straight to heaven but you need a breakthrough. In just a moment, if you feel comfortable, I'm gonna ask you to come right across this front. And I'm gonna gonna put my mask on, I'm gonna lay my hands on you discreetly, and I'm gonna believe God for a supernatural miracle breakthrough. You remember what I said? Opposition, it's confirmation you're doing the right thing. If you don't have opposition tonight, I want you to ask the Lord, am I where you want me to be? If you're facing opposition, you know what that should confirm to you? That you are a man of God. If you're facing opposition, it should confirm to you that you are a woman of God. Because you know, before I got saved, the devil did not need to tempt me. He already had me. Before I got saved, the devil, he didn't need to attack me. He already had me. But it's once I got saved. Once I started inflicting kingdom, darkness, or inflicting pain on his kingdom, then his darkness tried to come after me. That's the first one I want to speak to. You can have a breakthrough tonight. Number two, 
Second person I want to speak to is all night long, all night long, you've heard me say, it's in. It's in. I want to say this because I love you. I want to say this because I love you. If you don't know Jesus, it's not in you. If you're not right with God tonight, I'm not saying this because I want to, I'm saying this because I have to. If you're not right with God tonight, the power of God is not in you. If you're not right with God, the love of God, it's not in you. If you're not right with God, the authority of God, it's not in you. But it can be tonight. And it can be right now. Jesus himself said in John 6, 47, I'll tell you the truth. He who believes in me has everlasting life. I want to let you know something tonight. If you know Jesus, it's in you. And if you're not right with God, you're one prayer away from it being in you. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Lord, thank you for tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that's moving across this room. The power of the Holy Spirit that's convicting, that's healing, that's delivering, that's opening up destinies. Lord, I just release the dream in Jesus' name. You're here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed. God wants to do business with you, ma'am. You're here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed. God wants to do business with you, sir. God is not here tonight to take something from you. No, 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 no. God is not here tonight to take something from you. He's here tonight to give something to you. Let that sink in. God's not here tonight to take something from you. He's here to give something to you. And if you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor Barry, I'm saved. I'm right with God. I know if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. But you just say, on a Tuesday night at ES First, I need a breakthrough in my life. <laughs> if that's you, would you just raise your hands all over this sanctuary? I need a breakthrough. Yes, 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 yes. Who else here tonight? I'm telling you, all hell is shaking. Every hand that goes up, all hell is shaking. When, when people make a stand, all hell is shaking. Yes, yes, yes. Who else here tonight? Yes, yes, yes. In the balcony, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil is not intimidated by starters. He's intimidated by finishers. You can put your hands down. Number two, on a Tuesday night, right in the middle of the pandemic, God would bring you to ES first so you could hear this message that he is not here to take something from you, but to give something to you. If you're here tonight in this holy moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you'd say, Pastor Barry, I'm not right with God. But I want to be tonight. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God tonight. That's me, Pastor Barry. I'm going to wait just one or two more moments. I'm not right with God. I got to pray with eight people last Sunday. Anybody here tonight, I'm going to wait one more moment. If there's a voice telling you to raise your hand, that's the loving voice of the Holy Spirit. If there's a voice telling you, you're good enough, don't worry about it, you can do it next week, the enemy is a dream taker. The enemy is a dream taker, and God is a dream giver. I'm going to wait one more moment, Pastor Barry, I'm not right with God. I just want to say thank you for the family of God that's here. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person that's here tonight, that, Father, that needs a breakthrough, 
God, I ask you to do what the devil has told them you cannot do. We love you and we thank you. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name.